Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. All right, Nan, let's dive into this because, you know, I've observed your story, but I don't know your story, really. I mean, Todd, your coach, has told me about it and how you got there, but nobody that's listening to this thing knows anything about you or how you ended up on the X-10 and how you did and all that. So it's, it's a discovery for me a little bit, but certainly for everybody listening. Um, so however long you want, well, first of all, hi, Nan. This is PJ. Say hi, Nan. Hey, PJ. <laughs> right. Got that started. Nan is in Massachusetts. I'm in lower Manhattan. We're having a little chat for our Bees Knees podcast. So just to set the stage, here we are on a, what is it, a Wednesday night having a little chat? That's um, right, hump day. Hump day. We're getting through it. So so let's do that that first little thing, which is tell us about you, your background, where you're from, what you're all about, that kind of thing. Oh, certainly. I'm um, 62 years old, and I grew up in Seattle, Washington, um, but I've been living in Cape Cod, Massachusetts for uh, 30 plus years with my husband raised three children here and um, I work at Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution as a research technician and have been there for about the same amount of time that we've lived in Cape Cod Um, and uh, it's been great I love Cape Cod Massachusetts that, what is it? What that, is it that you do? Can you describe that? Tell us. I'm about a what you research do. technician. I work in a, a radiocarbon dating lab in at Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution, and it's been a great job. And plus that, you know, the institution provides wonderful uh, health benefits, and so I was able to take advantage of that for the first time when I had my multiple surgeries, and uh, mm. I just realized how lucky I am. Have been working there, wow. and to be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, no, I, you know, I've heard other podcasts where people, you know, have a week off, two weeks off, which I couldn't even imagine. So, right. you know, my journey's been a long one, but in terms of rehab, but only because I was able to because of my healthcare coverage. So mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate. All I'm right. maybe not quite as fortunate if I lived in Michigan, but and could have gotten. Uh, coverage for the X-10 uh, <laughs> you know, insurance. <laughs> and so many of them, all of you Michiganders who are listening, please appreciate this thing because a lot of them get it covered, right? Covered by Blue Cross Blue Shield. Yes. And many of them do not realize how lucky they are to just get it, you know, to get the X-10. Yeah, no, they should realize it because I, I uh, it, you know, but in some ways having to pay for the machine through rental, um, really gave me incentive to use it. I mean, I, I was trying to break it down cost per minute of hmm. use on the machine. <laughs> That's interesting. Did you come to it? It provided a lot of incentive. So, you know, in it's a way, funny. It, it helped me. We talk about that a lot. We have weekly coaching calls with our team from Northeast Florida, Todd, you know, all of our gang in Michigan. And, um, you know, when you're you know, paying some amount of money for your recovery. You didn't expect to have to do that. And, you know, but you decided to do it because it was going to be a big change in your recovery and all that stuff. You covet that 
experience and value it so differently. And we find in terms of just dedication, compliance, you know, desire to succeed that the folks that are renting it are the very best patients to work with from the coaching perspective. Yeah, I think that might be true to a certain extent, but I, I think that the XPAN uh, provides its own motivation in many ways. It's hmm. just an awesome machine. I, I can't recommend it enough for anybody who's who's had knee surgery. Oh, okay, we're done. Time. End of the podcast. That was great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you don't and need to hear any more from me. We're done. Yeah, that's, that's all we need. Um, I'd be a good commercial it. for your right. machine. We just did it. You know, the, the sound bite. Now, as I was saying to, to Nan before we jumped on the actual recording, the last thing I'm trying to do here is some sort of sales pitch. This is an open forum, I guess, between two people, but it's it's a it's an opportunity to dive into what worked, what didn't, what were the obstacles, really paying it forward for the next knee patients. So so let's That's get correct. into that. You're, yeah, you're not but, paying me for this no, uh, for this interview, no. so we can make that clear from the from the uh, start. But I'm too cheap. So anyway, cheap you want to hear a little more about my knee <laughs> and well, how yeah. I ended up in this position? <laughs> That's right. Let's do that. Let so go back to. Tell that story of your surgery, starting with the moment where you, you had that first inkling that where you had the to injury. do it. Yeah. Well, I actually injured my knee like 41 years ago when I was a senior in college. It was a sports-related injury. I blew out my knee, meaning I completely tore my ACL and tore my cartilage. Um, and... Uh, they didn't realize the extent of the injury and they didn't do surgery right away. And then, which is actually probably a good thing because back in 78 when I did this, I'm dating myself now, but mm -hmm. when I did this in 78, they did reconstructive knee surgery. You know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with what they used to do. The scar, I think, would run, I don't know, would be almost a foot long running down the length of your leg on your wow. knee. And wow. the success rate, I think was probably very low, 50 to 60% success rate, meaning that people would actually be able to do stuff after having that extensive knee surgery, and the recovery was very long. So I was lucky, I guess, in that I didn't have that surgery. I just had an arthroscopic surgery to clean up the cartilage, and back then, arthroscopic surgery was an inpatient in the hospital type of surgery it was fairly new and uh, so it wasn't like an outpatient thing like they do now which is very quick and easy to recover from is they put you under general anesthesia and I mean it was, it was like a regular surgery so that was back in 78 that was my first surgery and uh, what I, was the sport it, man what were you playing that you had uh, I was the a thing college intercollegiate gymnast ah, I, okay. I uh, was at University of Washington, and I competed for four years there in my senior years when I injured myself hmm. in a in a uh, gymnastics meet. I but uh, uh, so that kind of ended obviously my gymnastics career. Um, and you know it was interesting because there wasn't they didn't do it. There's nothing that could be done. The school was very nice, and they paid to have a custom made. Uh, a brace, knee brace for my knee that I could use. And so I just basically moved on with my life and I did all kinds of things. You know, I continued doing sports because I love sports of all kinds, mostly 
sports that aren't good for your knees. Um, <laughs> and like, as like a consequence, what? I, oh man, you're going to laugh. You can't laugh. Okay. I'm not going to laugh. Uh, I don't know. I tried uh, rugby. I always wow. thought that would be kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, I played on the Boston women's rugby team for a part of the season until I re-injured my knee. And let's see, I ran, I, I skied, I biked, I hiked. Um, and in the last 20 years, 15 years, I picked up martial arts. No kidding. Which one? practiced that. Uh, taekwondo, I did that for seven years, and then I quit because it was so hard on my knees. And mm-hmm. uh, I decided I had to go back to the gym and get my knees strong again. And I got bored with that after, I don't know, 10 years of doing that. And then I went back to the dojang and I picked up a new uh, martial, another Korean martial art, Kung Sudo. Kung and Sudo, I, yeah. Kung Sudo, yeah, it's a very close cousin of Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. They're both Korean martial arts. But anyway, I, I did that up until I had my surgeries. So, uh, but in the meantime, I'd had numerous uh, surgeries, arthroscopic surgeries to clean up my knee because I re-injured it doing all these uh, silly sports that I probably should not have been doing Um, and just kind of coped with it. You know, I became over time, became more uh, functional. My knee became less functional. and I more, was more limited in what I could do. Uh, and I finally, what was the, the straw that broke the camel's back was last right. winter. I went skiing with my daughter and uh, I fell and I, I didn't hurt myself. I just was standing there and I fell, but I couldn't get back up again. <laughs> I couldn't get up off. I couldn't stand because I couldn't bend my my hip and my knee were so stiff I wasn't able to stand back up with skis on my feet from the ground Wow! Wow. so my daughter who's a physician insisted that I go to see an orthopedic specialist and she found an orthopedic specialist for me at Mass General Hospital Dr. Kwan and uh, he was recommended to her through her other physician friends and uh, and that's how I found my knee surgeon and, and did uh, that did that turn into a um, a quick conversation about replacement, or was it let's put it off as long as we can, or what was the nature of that? Oh no, there knee? was no doubt. Um, okay. You know, my knee. I think the last ten years, my knee had, had gotten way worse. You know, it wasn't ever deformed up until. I, I don't know, it got pretty deformed after five, the past five years. I had a severe valgus knee, mm-hmm. meaning it was, uh, that's a severe knock knee. Right. You know, you have different uh, levels of deformity, and mine was pretty severe. I, I think I had a 30% valgus bend, so I was pretty knock knee on that wow. one knee. My other, my left knee's fine. My right knee was is the bad one. So there was no question that I needed surgery. I just always thought it was best to keep my natural knee as long as possible. Um, but there's there's a downside to that. Um, I mean, I got a lot of use out of this bad knee, but the collateral damage were my hips. 
I developed arthritis, severe arthritis in both hips. So when I went up to see him, it was with the understanding that I was, I said, okay, I think I'm probably going to have to have knee surgery. And it ended up, I said, you know what, you might want to x-ray my hips as well because my hips are really bothering me. And he did that, and I have severe arthritis in both my right and left hip. Mm. And um, he, uh, Dr. Kwan said, we got to start at the top and go down, meaning my hip had to be done before my knee. Mm-hmm. So I'm just glad mm-hmm. that he didn't do x-rays above my hip. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> elbows yeah, and shoulders so, and good Lord, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there was a, I guess that was a good thing. But um, anyway, so that's what happened. I ended up having my right hip replaced in May, mid-May, mm-hmm. and then... Uh, recovered from that as best I could, and then How was I. How that, by the way? My, what, what was it, what the, was that journey like? Is it the hip recovery? Yeah. Hips are fairly easy. You know, the pain I experienced wasn't nearly what I had with my knee. Um, the and I was only out of work for three weeks. Then I went mm-hmm. back to work half time, and then I was able uh, to go back to full time pretty quickly. But the problem, uh, my knee certainly, or my hip certainly wasn't recovered before I did my knee surgery in August. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, my hip is still recovering now to this day, and it's been, what, nine months? Yeah. I think that's since May. That's Almost nine months. Yeah, yeah. And so I had a real regression in my hip after I had my knee done. Hmm. So... Uh, you know, I've been doing extensive PT for both my hip and my knee for the past. Why? Why? Um, so months. soon afterwards, May to August, was it just you know? Um, you could have waited a little uh, longer, or, or was it just that bad? Well, I suppose I could have waited longer. It was what the surgeon recommended, and mm-hmm. I think that my knee was so bad. I think he wanted to get that taken care of as soon as possible. Okay. The longer you wait with these situations, I think the the harder it is to crack, and my knee was just, it was pretty bad. So, uh, and also, who knows if I had waited, you know, maybe a year, because they say it really takes a year to recover from from both hip and knee surgery, um, that the impact of my bad knee might have had on my new hip. I so, think. yeah. Um, I listened to what the surgeon said, and I, I went forward. My physical therapist was skeptical. He, he said, you know, you might want to wait a little longer to think about it. And I discussed that with the surgeon, and the surgeon insisted that, no, this would be fine. So, Did, did you uh, build much of a – sounds like you found a physical therapist. That's great that you trust and like along the way. Oh, yeah. I've been going to this physical therapist over the years. You know, I've been in and out of physical therapy for my knee for years. Right. And uh, I'd already established a bit of relationship with this physical therapy office. And, um, yeah, no, it's great. There's no doubt this physical therapy office is awesome. What's the name of the practice? It's Falmouth uh, Sports Center Physical Therapy. It's right in Falmouth um, where I live. And Mm -hmm. they're just an amazing group of people. And they've been very supportive through this whole journey. And, uh, yeah, it's been a, they make it fun, believe it or not. (laughs) 
That's great. <laughs> That's what a physical therapy can be. Right, right. right. Pain and torture. <laughs> Not in your case. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, you know what's great so, is that through all this activity, though, it's, uh, the you know, the right knee obviously got the worst of it, but it sounds like the left knee is still okay, and the left hip, those are those are in decent shape at this point? Uh, well, the surgeon had said that I will need surgery on my left hip at some point. Hmm. Um, but I think I'm kind of done with surgeries for now. My left <laughs> hip feels pretty good relative to my right side. Right, <laughs> so right. I think no, maybe you. I'm just, yeah, I think um, unless it really gets bad and I can't yeah. see at this point, you know, I'm still struggling with pain in my hip and my knee. So, uh, you know, I think I'm going to wait. Right. I, <laughs> I don't think I right. want to rush into this. Anytime soon. Off. That's... Yeah, so, exactly. Oh. So you find Dr. Kwan, what was the date of the, the knee surgery? August 30th. 30th. Isn't that funny and how it... these dates kind of stick in your head? Yeah. Well, they're momentous. <laughs> they're really, they're, they're, they're marriage dates and birthdays. Um, it's a big oh, deal. I, even, I remember my knee surgery better than my, my date of my anniversary, but don't tell my husband that. Uh, no, he'll never hear this. <laughs> he'll never know. And we promise as audience members never to tell him. Um, <laughs> all right. So August 30th, you do the it's total knee replacement. Anything to say about the surgery, the hospital, uh, the device? Was there any, anything notable there that, that struck you as interesting about going through the actual surgery? The Mass General Hospital is an awesome hospital. You know, I had my hip done there as well. The staff there is very professional. They're great. The nursing staff is awesome. Um, and that's one of the reasons why uh, I think that this doctor is rated so well is because of all the support staff and the hospital itself is just great. Um, in terms of the experience itself, the, the surgery, both surgeries went well. Uh, the one thing that I learned from my knee surgery is I didn't understand uh, the extent of the pain that I would, would have because my hip surgery, I, I didn't take any meds at all, no meds for that at all. Uh, I might have taken a, a, some Tylenol, but that was it. And but for the and so I thought I could tough out my knee. And when you have a a block that blocks the pain, you don't understand how much pain you're in until the block wears off. Right. And what they always say is you need to stay ahead of your pain. Right. And I didn't understand what they meant, but it really is true. I mean, you really. I think the thing I learned is. The one thing that, that the hospital did not do, I think that they could have done a better job, was inform me what this was going to be like once the block wore off. And I mm -hmm. just had no clue. Um, as I was said, that about my day hip experience three, was different. Day two, day three, post-surgery? No, let's see. I had the surgery on the 30th, and I, actually I was released within 24 hours. I was out of there by the next day. Mm -hmm. They sent me home. I could go home. So uh, while you're in the hospital, you 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 could have managed pain a little bit better on site. Well, they they do that for you. You know, you don't have to think about anything. They do right. everything for you. They they routinely give you your pills. Right. Um. I was on tramadol, I think, which was 
was great. Um, and but when I left the hospital, it was up to me to take these things, and mm. you know, I it it wasn't grilled into me upon leaving that look for the first couple of days you should probably be taking this at a regular interval. They just kind of hand it to you and say, okay, you can use these if you need it. Right. But yeah, and so it's kind of um, it was a learning experience. If I, God forbid, I ever have to do something like that again. Uh, I will definitely know how to handle it better. And then uh-huh. I had a pretty bad reaction to the um, to the oxycodone. Uh, I'd had it before, and it, I usually very rarely take those type of medications. And uh, it made me very, very sick. I was I pretty think. nauseous. And so I quit taking that as quickly as I could. And I didn't even want to take it for physical therapy because it made me nauseous. And then the physical therapist said, well, you've got to take something in order to get through your in-home PT. Um, And he said, well, you call the doctor. And so I called up my doctor and they prescribed me tramadol and that was way better. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was a good drug to be on. But I tried not using it unless I absolutely had to. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we, we've, I've had a lot of, sat in a lot of audiences, you know, hearing surgeons and everybody talk about this stuff. And we had a chat recently by a, a guy who really believes in CBD. Um, and, oh, you know, yeah. I, there are just, there are a lot of opportunities there to not take the big heavy drugs and get through this. Um, and it just, it depends on the person and what, what direction they want to go in because you know, it really is a surgery that requires real, you know, real care, real coverage. You've really got to mask that pain. To, so you can do PT as you, exactly, as you found. Yeah. yeah so, I, so I now found we're, that out. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was, I was just going to say that, that, uh, not to scare people off, but you know, everybody hears how hard PT is. It's yeah. really hard. And I mean, there's nothing, no two ways about it. Um, I would take, the drugs before going and it didn't matter if I had the drugs or not it still really hurts so I basically mm-hmm. quit taking the drugs because I said oh man this is going to hurt no matter what no matter what so uh yeah what sense is there uh me taking this if if it's going to hurt anyway so um but you know surprisingly enough you know the the pain is always worth it you know, you got to get through that pain in order to to make gains. So what no what pain, happened no here? Is true. What what happened here? Tell me, tell me. It was it's now early September. Did you did you have any home therapy for a few weeks? I did. did you, I you had did. Uh, uh, a physical therapist who I met through my hip surgery. He worked for the VNA. He was awesome. I really loved him, and he came. Uh, and did my knee, I requested him, and he came back. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to get him again. And he, I worked with him for probably two weeks. Okay. And then I was supposed to be released to out, uh, outside PT, but yeah. um, I developed a knee, an infection in my wound. And the doctor did not want me doing outside, going to the outside physical therapy until my you know the course of antibiotics had kicked in so it was a month from 
surgery before the end of September before I made it into the outside physical therapy. I did in-home stuff on my own. Uh, you know, I did all my in-home exercises. Um, so It was a superficial uh, in- infection? Just yeah, the, it was nothing major. Incision? It was just superficial, okay. just the, on the wound, yeah. But it okay. required antibiotics I had to be on, so they didn't want me going outside. With, so with alarm bells are infection. ringing. I just wrote a, by the way, I just wrote a blog that I published yesterday about infection. Um, uh, but alarm bells are ringing because you're losing some PT time. I know you enough on this call uh, to know that you were doing the homework. You were doing the home PT on your own, even if you didn't have the awesome VNA guy. But you were falling behind a little bit because of that in, that superficial inf- infection, I think. Yep, yep, but put me behind a couple weeks. Yeah, right. Um, I guess if that's how you want to look at it, but I think that uh, it's pretty interesting. You know, my range of motion wasn't great going into this, mm-hmm. uh, into the surgery, and once everybody found out about that, they weren't so concerned about my range of motion. Right. Um, and the fact, my, or my lack of range of motion. Right. And, you know, I... I basically was struggling in my physical therapy, uh, outside physical therapy for months. I'm, I'm serious that I, I do it diligently three times a week. Um, and they'd stretch me. They had me on the table. Uh, you know, it was extremely painful. Uh, some poor other physical therapy patients said that they don't think that they ever want to have knee surgery after seeing what I was going through. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I basically couldn't get more flexion on a good day was 107 degrees. Okay. And that was months. I mean, I went back for my follow-up visit with Dr. Kwan January 9th. So that's about four months, just over, what is that? September, yeah. October, November, December, four months. Yeah. Plus Four a week months. or two, sure. Um, following my surgery, and I only had 107 degrees flexion. I had zero degrees in extension. That was never mm-hmm. the issue. It was the right. flexion. So and along that was the way, yeah, I'm sure. Well, there was never a conversation about manipulating uh, under anesthesia, that kind of thing. No, I wasn't a candidate for it for one reason or another. Okay. Um, I talked to my physical therapist about it. I called the doctor, and they weren't keen on doing it. Okay. And I okay. think it was because they their perceived notion of my lack of... Um, pre-surgery uh, range of motion. Pre-surgery, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Do you? I mean, do you have a number, or you just know it wasn't great? You know, that's, Any... <laughs> that's interesting. No, I don't have a number. Right. I wish I did, but... I can tell you that there's a benchmark for me. I, I, well, I don't know if I should tell this in an interview, but hmm. you know, I, I'm four nine and a half, so I'm fairly short. And mm-hmm. I, um, you know, there's certain things that I could do with my, with my leg and my bend before surgery that I could not do after surgery. So, and I still wasn't able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was cutting my toenail, so the toilet seat. <laughs> I, I could right. do that afterwards, and I could do that easily beforehand. So I know that, you know, it's a function probably of the uh, range of motion also in my hip. 
Right. Um, well, that's a good knee, point. Both my hip and my knee. Right. Right. Your your whole so, mechanics are different now. Suddenly, with the knee and the hip, all on the right side. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is that that it took me months, literally months, for my for my body to finally figure out that my knee was straight. So from ah. a neurological point of view, my knee had been bent for so long that my brain still thought that my knee was bent. This is how the physical therapist put it. My daughter's a neurologist, and she was trying to explain the same thing to me. I had to form new neural pathways in that knee to try and under so that everything is realigned now so it's different and yeah. so you know i could see it was different it was straight but my brain still wasn't picking up on it and it it literally took months to make that connection and now you know i i tried to do positive thinking you know my knee is straight my knee is straight <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't work it just took time <laughs> Did this manifest Maybe it was partly the positive a... thinking. I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, I, 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 I'm all in on that, um, truly. Uh, but but it, did it manifest itself in a, a gate that was off that didn't have to be off? Or, or like, how, how did this now, now uh, new straight knee, how did that impact the way you're walking? Well, that's a really good question. It, it had to do more with stability. You know, uh, my knee... I had to use, I was on, let's see, I was using a crutch or a cane as an aid up through December. So that was a long time. September, October, November. Yeah. For four months, I was using an aid. <laughs> I couldn't walk comfortably without my knee buckling or feeling like it was going to collapse inward um, without either using a cane or a crutch. So it took months for that to so happen. So I want to underline once that. Once it happened, it was great. I want to underline that, Nan, uh, because there are a lot of other people that have a valgus condition, whether it's 30% or 20 or whatever, and they may not be thinking that you know that's going to be an issue because, oh, gee, my knee is straight. All should be fine. But that adjustment to straight back to what we consider standard normal you know, alignment that's a that's a recovery unto itself. It sounds like it. It really is. And the other thing to think about too, um, that I learned, is that you know your body adapts over time very slowly to this this deformity. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't wake up one morning unless you have a severe injury. You know this is a, was due to arthritis. You know you develop the bone on bone, you develop these bone spurs and pretty soon you, you, you get this deformity and it changes over a long period or a short period of time. It changes over a period of time is the point. Mm. And in doing so, your muscles, your ligaments, everything in your leg is, is changing as well. So now all of a sudden you've had the surgery, they've removed that knock need band in your leg and they straightened it, but now you've got all these other connections in your leg that you you need to work on. I mean, they just don't automatically stretch again. Right. So when I was 
using the X10 um, for flexion, I had a bunch of issues with my um, IT band was very tight. Mm-hmm. And that's probably as a result of having, you know, this deformed knee over a period of time. And it took some doing to loosen it up in right. order so that I could get my knee to bend more. So there's all these things happening when you have these deformities yeah. because your body adapts to it. And you can't, it, it's not going to change overnight. It takes a long time to work the kinks out, so to speak, I think. Mm. And that's, I think, what happened with me and why the X10 mach- machine worked so well for me is because you know, going into a physical therapy office and getting this stretch three times a week was not enough. You know, and they'd stretch me for five, ten minutes max. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that wasn't enough. I needed to do a persistent every day, three times a day, every day stretch in order to get these things to loosen up. Right. And that... I think is the beauty of this machine is uh, that you're allowed to do that. That that's something you can achieve that you can't get in a physical therapy office. The time, the time without the time, right. without uh, uh, kind of a, with you being in control. Well, let's let's get to that point then. I, I want to hear. Let's go back to January uh, 107. You're sitting there with Dr. Kwan. Um, what what was that conversation like? What was the direction that you guys were headed in? You know, January ninth after your after you had that meeting. I mean, he wasn't happy, well, but he was acknowledging that it was a, you know a lot of other factors, I guess, right? Well, actually, no. I think he was quite satisfied hmm. with my surgery, and that that's an, another interesting point I wanted to bring up with you is that um, I think that he thought his job was done. Hmm. You know, the question wasn't are you satisfied with what you've accomplished so far in physical therapy? His concern was that I can walk, number one. Number two, that my leg was straight. So he achieved his goals. Right. His goal was purely mechanical, was to replace my bad knee, straighten it out, which he accomplished, which actually is not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Um, He he actually specializes in... uh, in working with these kind of severe deformities of the of the joint, um, and so I really commend the fact that he he accomplished that. But what I've discovered is that there's a real disconnect, I think, between um, what their goal, the surgeon's goal, is, the doctor's goal is, and perhaps what the patient's goal is. You know, mm-hmm. maybe in this case, I, I can't speak for all surgeons, but in, in this case, my my surgeon was mostly interested in, in that he had accomplished his goal of, of the mechanical part. He fixed the mechanical part of my knee. Now, the functionality of my knee, in terms of from my perspective, was different. I, I didn't have the flexion I needed to even walk downstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, for some people, I, what's the degrees that you need, 110 to be able to... Well, I've heard, I've heard lower numbers than that. I've heard I've heard 105 is a benchmark for going down, a yeah. lower number for going up. But well, um, if you think about it, it makes a difference on your size, right? Because yeah, stairs are somewhat true. standard in terms of height. 
Yeah. And since I've got kind of a short stature, I have to bend my knee more than. Yeah. That's you know, a good point. You know, six foot tall person won't right. have to bend their knee as much coming down the stairs as I do because I'm, yeah. I'm so short. But anyway, going downstairs was uncomfortable. I see. It hurt. And, um, you know, I, I also am really interested in participating in sports again. I want to go hiking. I want to be able to ride my bike. And I couldn't ride a bike. I couldn't no. my leg enough to pedal. No, at um, 107, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. So did I accomplish my goals? Of course not. No, I was nowhere near it. And so right. it's pretty frustrating, actually. He was quite pleased with himself. <laughs> and uh, I can see it. Okay, great. We're all good. Like, wait a minute. Yeah, no. no, no I mean, it was no, pretty not. interesting. <laughs> you know, PJ, the, I I walked into the the office, his little room, uh, where he was seeing me, and he was standing in the hallway with another surgeon. And I had my gym shorts on because I wanted to show him my knee. And so I had my gym shorts on, and I came walking up, and these two surgeons were staring at me like I had no clothes on. They were looking at my – but they are staring at my knee. I see. <laughs> they were both so excited to see oogling. They're how oogling straight my leg was. <laughs> hey, look at those sexy so, pins. Look at this lady. Yeah, no, exactly. They were just so excited. It was pretty funny. That's cool. I got a kick out of that. But, um, yeah, so his, I said, okay – you know, this isn't good enough for me. I, I would need more band. Do you have suggestions? And so he basically said, put your leg up on a stool or a step and bend it. And, and do that three times a day and increase that a degree a day. And then by the end of the week, you'll have seven degrees more. And I, I just said, well, wait a minute. What do you think I've been doing in physical therapy for the past right. four months? I yeah. said, nothing has worked. And I, and he goes, no, 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 I guarantee this will work. Well, okay. I I went home and I I was diligent about it. I tried it. And I went into my physical therapy appointment. And uh, you always get measured. I always mm. make sure I, I get measured. Um, Good for you. Yeah. And I got measured. And <laughs> three days later, 107 degrees, hard and fast. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was well, you know, the thing is, he's not wrong, is he? It's just, it's really hard to do that. I mean, if you could be exactly 107 and you, you know, you, but, but I think that's where the, the machine starts to step in and that it's going to give you a, a amount of time, an exact measurement, a controlled advance to 108, 109. I mean, you know, it's, it's a program versus go right. sit, lean on a stool and see what you can right. do. I spend a lot of time. And there's on the no phone guesswork with on it. It's very right. measured. Yeah. And it it yeah. it's a very controlled, measured uh, way to go about doing this mm-hmm. therapy. Well, let's let's talk about how you got there. Like, how did you? It's kind of an interesting story. But how did you get get on? Find out about get on the X10. It's kind of a cool story. Yeah. No, this was kind of interesting. A girlfriend of mine had knee surgery, knee replacement two months after me on October 31st. And she um, had gone online and looked at, you know, done some research on her own because she had some issues with flexion as well shortly after surgery and she's really nervous about it. So I think she got the X10 and then I think at three weeks time she went had an MUA 
uh, because she was only getting to like, I don't know, 98, 99 degrees. Mm-hmm. So they went in and they did the MUA and she came out. She started using the, she used the X10 before going in and then she used it immediately after her MUA. Yep. And she achieved 130 degrees in in short order. She's she's amazing. Um, yeah, I remember that because we did a little bit before, and we do that sometimes where we're like, we don't know if we can avoid the MUA. Let's try, and if we can't, go get one, come back, and we'll get you get you right. She was very hesitant about doing it, but then mm-hmm. her surgeon said, okay, we need to do this, and right. so they did it, and she was so glad that she had done it. She she's yeah, it was amazing. I was a little jealous, of course. She was doing all this, and she <laughs> achieved all this. And, of course, I'm still at 107, yeah, right. and she's already gotten to 130. And so she's ready to give up the machine. And uh, she said, Nan, you got to come over and take a look at this machine, seriously. And I said, well, okay. I was really still pretty reluctant. And uh, so uh, I went over and looked at it, and it happened to be – Todd called her that day and said, I'm coming to pick it up. And she said, well, I think I have somebody else that might want to use it. And he goes, oh, no problem. So uh, we brought it over to the house, and he outfitted me um, for it. And it was quite a bit of doing because I'm so short that, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, we had to use two-by-fours, and, you know, we had to do a lot of uh, rigging. We had to rig it up for me to fit. Right. But, it uh it was amazing i think i got it like on the 15th or 16th i used it a little bit that that night and then i started in earnest using it the next day uh three times a day and let's see that was uh i think that was a wednesday and then i always have my physical therapy appointments on thursday mondays and thursdays and i went into pt I did five sessions on the X10. I did three on the first day, that Wednesday, right. and then right. I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning so I could do it before I went to, an hour before I went to work, and then I'd come home after uh, working half time, come home, do the machine for another hour, and then I'd go to PT. Mm-hmm. And then I got measured after five sessions on that Thursday, and I was 112 degrees. <laughs> and you know what I love about that? Huh? You know what I love about what? that? Is it's not like, oh, the X10 has different measurements, and it's, it's uh, the X10's its own. You got measured at PT, where you'd been at 107 for the longest time. I, I love right. that. I love that. Yeah, Because, no, you know, you, you know it, everyone measures a little differently, and, you know, numbers are a little funny. And, but, you know, these are the same measurements you've been seeing for four months, and boom, Five degrees. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. No, it was pretty amazing. I I was so excited. And, you know, it, it's interesting. You're going to have plateaus. You know, I'd get measured. As I said, I was doing, um, I think at that time I was back to work half time. So I was just going to PT from three days a week. I dropped down to two, Mondays and Thursdays, and I get measured each time. I'm looking at my, re- I kept a record of it. And that first time I measured 112, the next time I measured 111, and then the following week I measured 115. So the oh. second week using the X10, I got up to 115. Right. You know, and then you plateau out. You know, I plateaued. I go up a little bit, 
go down a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's never going to stay remain the same. But in general, the trend was upwards in terms right. of getting more flexion. So I ended up using the X10 for six weeks. It wasn't that long. It might have been yeah, that long, yeah. Yeah, I think I had it for six weeks. Um, the final week, you know, I was only, I dropped down from three days a week, uh, three times a, a day to twice a day. The fifth week, I was just doing it two times a day. Mm-hmm. And then, what was I doing measuring on the X10? I was up to around 124, 125 degrees. Amazing. You know, but I was never able to get quite there in to 130 oh to be oh, never BC, so, not yeah. even getting close to 130 i, no. I i'm yeah. not even gonna i was actually kind of worried about doing that because the max flexion that they gave me in post you know in surgery they'll they'll do a gravity well my uh, surgeon did a gravity uh bend of my leg right so it wasn't a force bend they just like gravity bend my leg and the they measured me at 120. Mm-hmm. So my concern was, you know, how far can I push this, <coughs> right? This fake knee, you know, my new right. knee. Yeah. So, and I talked to my physical therapist about that, and he goes, "Well, you you should be careful about doing this, but why don't you just see how it feels?" And so I, I quit using. I was down to once a a week at six weeks or once a day. At six right. weeks, but I was right. spending like 70 minutes, seven zero, and I was spending, I'd say, uh, 50 minutes of that time, at least I was spending at the higher range. So I'd spend a huge amount of time, you know, 122, 23, 24, 25, and then I'd pyramid back down um, just to make sure I, I was so fearful I was going to lose all everything I gained. Right. By giving up the machine. Yeah, I know. Um, I know that was a fear. Yeah, no, I had to think of ways to try and adapt and trying to loosen up my knee and, and worries about how do I maintain this. Long mm-hmm. discussions with my physical therapist. And he goes, you've got to wean yourself off this machine, which was true. Yeah. Right? You can't keep it forever. Right, right. And he felt like I'd gotten as much gain from the machine as, as I could You could. Get. He goes, sure. We didn't even think you were going to get to 115, Dan. You know, you're at now, I measured 125 degrees in physical therapy, and he goes, that's a huge gain. That's a huge difference. And we didn't even think you'd get to 115. So um, he goes, the important thing now is you got to think of other ways to naturally stretch the knee without the machine. Yeah. So we, I've been doing that. And guess what? It's I haven't had the machine for week and a half yeah I think week and a half after using it daily first three times a day twice a day and then once a day and uh, I measured on Monday in physical therapy I measured 126 degrees that's two days ago three days two days ago two what days ago two days ago yeah, so that for me wow. is huge <laughs> wow right it's that's not 130 that's okay uh, yeah, I'm really okay. happy I'm where I am it could have gotten there, though, without the machine. And more than that, it's not the degrees I have. It's the feeling of, um, uh, I don't know, what is it? 
elasticity or looseness of my knee, whereas before Freedom it was so of tight. Movement. Yeah. Yes. So the way the physical therapist would say is before at 107, we were reaching your end point. We couldn't stretch you anymore. We could feel it stuck. It was just like stuck. You know, there was no give to your knee at all. But now they can push me and they there's still some give. You know, they're bending me a lot more than they were at 107. Mm-hmm. So there's no longer that end point. I, I'm sure there, there would be an end point. Um, probably my screaming, but <laughs> there's a there's now this looseness in my knee that I never had before, and that's because of all the stretching I the all the stretching I did. The and, time, um, my goodness, the time per day, even though it declined over the weeks, the amount of stretching you got, just your body. I don't want to use the word gave up, but gave in. It relented. It it allowed this to happen without trauma without new swelling without uh, anxiety all the things that usually go on with uh, you know take a deep breath let's bend this thing nan and uh, you know suddenly it's it's little bits little bits and pieces along the way is how you did it yeah no I think that was the the key you know and and every patient's different you know the type of traditional physical therapy that people do uh, work for some people right I mean, that's the reason why they continue doing it, I guess. But there's going to be a some percent of population that that traditional method doesn't work. Yeah. So, and I happen to fall in that that group. Right. And um, so I was fortunate enough to find this where it allowed me to do this very controlled, very steady um, stretching and over a period of time. And that's basically what it was required. Now, you know, I'm only a week and a half out from using it, so and my knee still feels pretty good, so I'm pretty hopeful yeah. that I will be able to retain that. You know, it's not supposed to be doable, really, what you did. That's why I'm so interested in your story, because you read about... You know, one month, three months, like there are certain peaks that, that, that traditionally you, you can't, you're not going to get much more flexion past three months. Conventional wisdom, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But yep. we've yep, been that's throwing, what I was told too. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we're, we're throwing a lot of the conventional wisdom out. Uh, but but it's, it's your story, man, really. It's you telling us this story right now that starts to pave the way for expectations. I had a call two days ago from a woman uh, in Maine and she's thinking about the X10 and she's five months post-surgery and I'm so careful in my conversation with anyone that far out because I don't want to set expectations really high. I worry a lot. You know, we, we, all the conventional wisdom says, no, 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 you're, you're kind of stuck with what you got. Don't, don't have, you know, big expectations. And yeah, it took you six weeks. Okay, let's just say that. That was a lot of work. But you did prove everybody wrong that you could get to 125, now 126. Um, that's new news for you know the world of traditional physical therapy, really. Yeah, no, my physical therapists are astounded. You know, they, they are totally astounded that I was able to do this. Um, and, I mean, they're marvelous people. They really are. They... They were supportive. 
they never said, no, Nan, I don't think that, I think you're beyond the time. You're, you're past the benchmark now. And I don't think that, that it's very rare for somebody to ever achieve any more flexion after this, this period of time. I mean, they, they might have alluded to it, but I ignored it. And so mm-hmm. it, it, they were supportive though you know they they said okay this is your knee you you've got to do what you think is best for it because i go in and i told them all about this and i was so excited and a couple of them came over and looked at it and um i mean they thought it was great i mean they, they really did and uh what's interesting to me too is that um one of my physical therapists said well you know 75 percent of the people that come through here seem to respond to traditional physical therapy. Um, and But I started thinking about that. That may be true. They may respond to traditional physical therapy, but they may be told what I was told, that, okay, you're not going to get any more than 107, 110, 115 degrees. You're just going to have to live with it. Um, and how many people actually just accept that you know i bet you there's a large percent of people that just say oh okay i guess this is the way it's going to be um i guess i just have to live with it whereas you know i don't think it has to be that way i mean this is an alternative for people who who can achieve what they need to or what they want to um through traditional physical therapy what's what's your ethnic background nan what's stock what country is your where, where, where's your uh, family from? I'm actually I'm Japanese American. My grandparents immigrated here from Japan on both sides of the family. I you know this 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 is a story about uh you know I'm so glad to hear about how well they extended. This is a story about you. I mean, you didn't accept 107. You, you, this this is a testament to your 6 weeks. And I'm not I'm not kidding. I mean, you you made this happen. You could have accepted it. You could have. I mean, you were told by two more than a few people that you know let's let's maybe take what we got and live with it. And and this is about your a testament to your sticktoitiveness. And and well, thank I really you. Mean I, that. I guess some people would would call that sheer stubbornness. I don't know. That's what yeah. My well, was it's kind of the it. same thing, isn't it? In a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You, didn't take you can no call it what answer. you want. Perseverance. I mean, you're that's an athlete. Really, that's really an nice. Athlete, uh... You know, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. I mean, this is a story about you just not taking no for an answer. And that's a sign of success and accomplishment. Those are the people that make big things happen in this world. Um, it's amazing. Well, it's, thank it's you, a, TJ. You're making me feel better. You know, you just, just keep talking. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it. I mean it. I'm not kidding. And I, and, and you're not the only person. And I've, I, but but it's, uh, you you've proven a lot of people wrong. You've done. You've accomplished a lot. And, and back to your point. You know, I didn't mean to take us so far from from what you were saying, which was that people are say, yeah, one ten's probably fine. I can kind of ride a bike and. You know, you know that's it's a knee replacement for goodness sake. I'm just glad to have the pain gone, and and, right. and you know, the, but it's setting expectations. The expectations have been set. The bar has been drawn, maybe lower than it should be. And I'm hoping that this machine and the people that work with the machine and the patients that use the machine, we can all raise those expectations and not take 
110 and, and, and done for an answer, but take 125, 126, 130 as, as the answer, as our expectation. I want to set the bar there. And you're proving yeah, no, that we I can. Yeah, I agree. You're proving it with what you've done. I agree with Five you. Five months I... post-surgery. Five. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I, yeah. Let's hope I can call me in another uh, yeah. <laughs> couple now. months and check in you. with me, okay? <laughs> check to see if I'm running that bike or yeah. if I'm yeah. back to doing my martial arts yet. I'm hoping to get back to it in another couple months. Oh, so. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I yeah. didn't want to step all over your words. I, I didn't, but I was. Uh, I really, it's exciting to hear what you're, what you accomplished. Uh, well, thank shoot. you. Did we? Did we? Did we get it all in, or did we miss some things here? We probably did. We've been here. Do, we, oh, no, well, you, we spent an hour. Everybody, we've all been doing this for an hour. It's amazing. We have nobody listening has anymore. An hour gone by already. That's yeah. They're that's all gone. Nobody's hard to listening. It's just you and me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't blame them at all. <laughs> I know. My goodness. Uh, but did we? Come it's not you. It's me. Oh, but God. um, I appreciate yeah. you giving me an opportunity to talk about this. And and as I said, I'm doing what I can to spread the news. Uh, Thank you. Well, and, we're going to reach out um, to the surgeons and the PTs, and we're now outbound in our communication, and we're all, you know, so we're spreading the word. You're helping us. You're, 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 you're giving advice to the next person. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else you would, would want to tell the, that person that's looking at their five months post-surgery and not feeling great about it? Not to give up, just to keep moving forward that, this is a snapshot in time relative to how much time you're going to have with the new knee. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm only 62. I'm hoping to have this knee until I'm gone. You know, who knows when that's going to be 80, 90. Um, but I don't want to be restricted by for the next 20, 30 years because of what I didn't do. Right. You know, when five you could. months, four months, six months when I could have done something. You had the it. chance, right? Yes. Now's the chance to do it. You've got to strike while the iron's hot. It may be five months out, maybe four months, it may be six months or seven months, but I think that 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 you can do it. I, I mean, I think I, I showed that, that at least I could, in, given my circumstances, having two surgeries, hip and knee, and then having to recover from that and then recover also from extensive surgery on a bad knee. Um, and I think it's possible. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think the main thing is that people can't give up. It, it can be discouraging. I, I, I'm not going to tell you that there weren't times when I was pretty discouraged and thinking, you know, is this worth it? But, you know, in the, in the end, it, it, it is. So I'm very glad I stuck with it, and I'm going to hopefully continue. And then if you talk to me another couple months, maybe I'll be doing all these activities that I'm working so hard to do. Get the couple for. more weeks of winter done, and I think yeah, you're going to right. be there. <laughs> Get right. rid of the snow. <laughs> yeah. Nan, thanks so much. Uh, again, uh, kudos to you. My uh, Thanks for your, your time here. and. I think we're all excited for you, and uh, thanks for doing the interview. Really wonderful. Well, thank you, PJ. I appreciate it.
I'm Dr. Justin Trosclair, host of two-time Podcast Awards-nominated A Doctor's Perspective podcast. I interview doctors in and out of my profession about their specialties and the occasional non-doctor special guests. But we also go behind the curtain and see what's working for their marketing, overcoming struggles, practical knowledge, book choices, and relationship advice. Join me on any podcast app on your phone or visit adoctorsperspective.net for the show notes pages and free resources. I want you to have an abundant home life as well as a thriving practice. So come on, take a listen. To learn more, visit x10therapy.com, 1-855-910-5633. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It helps people find us. X10, back to full strength.